So today, um, I'm going to start with a verse of scripture, which we'll have up on the screen, which is uh, from Revelation 3. Now, uh, it says this, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would you that you would either cold or hot? So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. Now, for a little bit of context, this is the beginning of the book of Revelation, which we all know is about the end times. And it starts with the first three chapters being the, the letter to the seven churches. So the first chapter is generic, and then chapters two or three are these individual letters to these seven individual churches. And they're an interesting insight into the spiritual health of the churches at that time. Now, quite often there is a, a contrast made between the church of Laodicea and the modern Western church because when we read these words, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, that relates to us in these rich countries. And I know that uh, within these countries, there are definitely people that struggle to make ends meet, and they might not feel like, I am rich and I have need of nothing, but compared to, say, the third world, we are incredibly well off to be in this country. And so when we look at it and we say, when we look at this lukewarm heart and this complacency towards God, it is so easy for us in this modern world to fall into that trap. But the other thing about this letter to the Church of Laodicea is that this is about half the letter, and I've deliberately stopped it here because I want to pick out something, and that is this. When we have this statement, I am rich, I have prospered, I need nothing, if it's difficult for the saints in Laodicea to continue to have a zeal for God in that environment, the question that's always struck me about this verse is, what does that say about the unsaved person in the same environment? Because when I talk to people, I have conversations like, how was your trip to Disneyland? How was the brand new car going? Or did you make it to the batch this weekend? And when I talk to these people, it is so obvious to me that there is an insulation that comes with wealth. And so while we might live lives that aren't always perfect, we all live lives where we have struggles, money buys insulation from that harshness of life and in turn, money buys insulation from the need for God. And so the question to me is, how do I witness to someone and say, you need, when they would say, no, I don't. And so I want to talk to that today, and I want to start by saying that the process of someone coming to Christ involves three players, so to say, so to speak. 
We had the Holy Spirit who brings conviction and show, reveals God and the truth to the unsaved. We have the unsaved themselves who need to make that decision for Christ. And we have us who have a responsibility to bear witness to Jesus Christ in order that they might come to Christ. And so because I'm speaking to people in that third group, I want to speak today to what is it that we have, what is it that we can share in order that we might show people the way to Christ. Because I think we know the mechanics of the conversation. We know the story of the gospel. We know the story of what Christ did on the cross. We know the story of our sin. We know the story of our need for it. But that's, that can lack passion. That can lack conviction. That can lack a real witness. And it can be more words than coming from our spirits. And so, in preparing for this, I, I found myself drawn to this next scripture which I want to put up, which is Psalm 119, verse 11, and it says this, I have hidden your word in my heart in order that I might not sin against you. And Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. But what's interesting about that is, obviously, when the Bible was originally written, it didn't come with chapters and verses. The letters that Paul wrote were just that, letters. They, he didn't mark them out. Someone came through later and did that. But when we look at the Psalms, they are individual Psalms and individual songs. So when we have the longest chapter in Psalms, it does carry a little bit of weight. And... Psalm 119, if you have a look at it, is really summed up in this verse. Because David talks about, I love your word. I love your ways. I love your precepts. I love your laws. For 170 odd verses, he just says this over and over and over. But as we know... The next verse I want to draw your attention to is John 1, verses 1 and 14, which says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. And so this is John 1. This is John introducing Christ to the world and talking about the birth of Christ. But we have this thing here where it says the Word became flesh, and we know that that means that God that became flesh is Jesus Christ. And so we interpret this to mean the Word and Jesus Christ are one and the same. And so now when we see, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, what we're saying is I have hidden you in my heart that I might not sin against you. And another point I want to make is the next scripture I want to put up. We have Mary who says, this is Luke chapter 2. This, so this is after talking about the shepherds coming to visit and worship Jesus Christ. 
And we have this statement, Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And this is an answer to a really good question about the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And whenever I read that, I think to myself, okay, what are those four things that it's talking about? What is my mind? I, I, I can grasp what my mind is. That is my thoughts. That is my decisions. That's easy. What is my strength? Well, that's my doing. That's easy to understand as well. But what is the difference between the heart and the soul? This is a question I wrestled with until someone put it so simply. The heart is what we treasure, and the soul is where we long for. And if you look up the word soul and just do a word search in the Bible, you will see psalm after psalm, and the word that most often comes after the word soul is long. Psalm 42 verse 1 says, As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. And for me, that's been a real revelation. I struggled with what is the difference between heart and soul. But now I get it. I treasure Christ. I long for Christ. And, and another thing I want to talk about with treasure is that, just like Mary, I mean, if anyone in the history of the world had things to treasure, it was Mary raising Christ. But I, I was watching Noah the other day, and he climbed up on a chair, and he managed to reach up, and he was swinging at some wind chimes. He was making a big racket. He loved it. But I didn't want him to break them. So I took it off the hook and I moved it to another hook where he couldn't reach it. So first of all, he climbed up on a little bit of wood that was nearby, tried to reach it, couldn't. So he picked up stones out of the garden and started throwing them at this wind chime to try and get them to go. And as a parent, that's a memory I treasure. I'm so proud of my boy, right? Because he's so adorable and he's so into everything and he's, he's crazy. It's great. But this is the treasure that the lost don't have. Look at this. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we know who Christ is to us. We know the journey that we have had, both in coming to Christ and then walking with Christ. I came to Christ when I was five. I was baptised in my preteens. And Growing up in a Christian family is a certain journey. And I have had times in my life where it's been great. And I've had times in my life that have been hard. And I can also tell you that I've had times in my life where it's been hard and I have run as hard and fast as I can from God. <laughs> and you know I'm going to tell you it hasn't been the same as when I've hit even harder times and I've run to God. God has been my refuge. God has been my sanctity. 
And I have had the same in my mountaintop moments. I've lived my moments for me, and I've had my achievements. But then I've had times where I've prayed and God has showed me something. God has done something. God has revealed something. And God has been right there. And the confidence that has come in those moments is something else. When God has said to me, I'm going to bring this to pass, there's a peace that comes with that. I don't have to strive for it. He said he's going to do it. So both in my valleys and in my mountaintops, Christ has been my rock and my salvation and my treasure. I, I treasure my relationship with God. Preparing this message was so much fun for me because I treasured this revelation that came to me as I was preparing it. And I just found so much joy in looking at different scriptures, looking at different aspects of this, coming at it from different angles, practicing probably four hours of talking. And so my challenge to you today is this. I think, I think in order to reach that person I'm talking about, we need to represent Christ the way he has been presented to us. Let's not get lost in getting the words out. Let's not get lost in looking for the opportunities. Let's live a life that represents him in us. Let's store him like a treasure. Let's long for him. And if we're going to do our mind and strength as well, dwell on him. Think about him. Read the word and mull it over. And do. Do in your community. Do in your church. Do for others. Um, what I thought we could do today, on the back of that, is um, I'd like to pray. And I'd like for all of us to stand up, and I'd like us to pray for our unsaved friends and family. Because it's not okay that they're lost. It's not okay that they're going to hell. And so I would just like for all of us to get up and let's just name names. Let's name the names of your friends and your family and your loved ones and your work colleagues and whoever God puts on your heart, let's name them. And then after we've done that for a couple of minutes, I'm just going to wrap up with a bit of prayer. You guys want to do that? Cool, let's go.